Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, March the 1st, 2027. And you know what time it is. Good morning. Good morning. It's Wisdom Wednesday podcast with your host, Dr. Mary Seegers. I am so honored to have a wonderful young lady who's going to share uh, about her business, about her, uh, more about her. But before we do that, you know the drill. Grab your coffee cup, your herbal tea or your water, orange juice. I'm drinking water this month and join in on the conversation. Tell others about it because you don't want to miss this wonderful woman I'm about to introduce to the audience. It is my pleasure to introduce a young lady that I met through another friend, Katrina Wilson. How are you this morning? Good morning. I am grateful. I am grateful this morning. Good, good. Let me tell the audience a little bit more about this phenomenal woman as we're honoring women for this month of uh, March. For over 20 years of experience, Katrina is a multifaceted powerhouse who is passionate about philanthropy. Her background is comprised of entrepreneurial endeavors, the beauty industry, corporate America, and volunteerism. Katrina is the founder and president of the Cute and Covered Foundation which is a 5013C3 nonprofit organization where she devotes her time to empowering individuals through etiquette and education. Katrina is the owner of Cream Brulee, Brulee, <laughs> Michigan first full service multicultural salon. Cream Brulee is a luxury beauty affair. It is the first multi-million dollar salon Capture that now. Listen to what I'm saying. It is the first multi-million dollar salon to hold a Class C liquor license, enabling it to have a full bar inside, located inside. Katrina is currently pursuing her doctorate of philosophy with a concentration in business administration. She enjoys being a mentor business coach and an advocate for social and economic change. I want to salute you, my sister. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Uh, So let's, before, I wanted to show the audience also a couple of clips about your, your why don't we do that now at this time and then we'll have our conversation. Perfect. Awesome. (laughs) Detroit's Milwaukee Junction neighborhood is now open for business. It's called Creme Brulee, and it is a multicultural salon. Joining us to tell us more is Katrina Wilson, owner of Creme Brulee. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. How are you? Good morning. I am doing well. Now, I have been watching your salon. It's right there on Woodward. When I drive by, I'm like, okay, one second, open up. When is that going to open up? So tell us about your journey to create Creme Brulee and why this was important to you. So creme brulee was important to me because I really wanted to end segregation within the beauty industry. It's been a dream of mine for over 10 years. And 
Um, one night, some girlfriends and I, we were going out. We wanted to have a girls' night. And we went to the salon, and all my girlfriends are of different ethnicities and different races. And when we got there, they couldn't service us because all of us had different hair textures, and we wanted different nail services. So at that moment, I knew that um, that was my passion, and that was what I wanted to create. I wanted to create a salon that ended diverse, that was basically diverse and inclusive of everybody. Very nice. So let's get into the services. What kind of services does Creme Brulee offer? So we are a full-service multicultural salon. We um, specialize in natural hair care. We're going to be showing you a little beauty tip here shortly, but you can expect to get esthetician services, makeup services. There's a barber here, um, nail services, um, pedicure services, and so much more. All right, so you are going to show us a little of what you can do there at Creme Brulee. What do you have for us? Yeah, so Krishante is my lead stylist here at Creme Brulee. He's just going to show you how to do um, the beach wave, which is a more distressed um, look. And it is one of the most popular requested styles we have here for the summertime. Definitely. Everybody wants a little of those waves in their hair. You got to be cute when you've got the hair out in the summer for sure. So we'll let him yes. get started with that. And while he's doing that and we can and watch his demonstration, let's talk about this. What do you think that this salon means to the Detroit community? This means, I, I would say it gives us hope because I opened and I started this journey right before the pandemic, but I persevered and I showed my resilience. Um, along with so many different community partners to start from Brulee. And I think that it gives the area hope when people stop in and they ride past and they see that a young black girl was able to put this million dollars to buy here on the corner. It gives them hope for other dreams. I, I hear so many stories of people just stop in and hug me. People, a man last night, 70 years old, he has seen this building go through three different changes and he literally had tears in his eyes because he was just so overjoyed that something like this could exist in his neighborhood. So it gives them hope for the neighborhood, for the residents, um, for the elderly. Creme Brulee is, is just more than a salon. We're here to give back to our community and we are just here to cater and love on them. I love it. Now let's get your hair loved on. Is he, are you going to start the demo for us? Okay, so like she said, we're doing just a classic beach wave, body wave, and I'm just going to take a piece here in the front, and this is how you also can style it at home as well as when you come to see us in Creme Brulee. We're going to take a piece here in the front, and we're going to go back away from the face, twirl it around, and then just come down, and then have... This, once you do it going away from the face all over, you have this a classic beach wave, body wave, and it's just an easy everyday look. All right, it definitely is. It coming up with your fingers, not a comb. So I would definitely come and get this done. I wouldn't attempt this at home. So let us know where you're located and how people can get more information. Yes, yeah, so we're located right here on the corner of Woodward and Baltimore, across from the world-famous White Castle, and we have an Amtrak station and a college for creative studies. We are in the Milwaukee Junction with other businesses such as Young Village, um, the Kitchen by Q. Our address is 6406 Woodward Avenue. Uh, that's Detroit, Michigan, 48202. You can call and make an appointment um, at 313-800-5335, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at Detroit, or the website, www.FrimBrulaDetroit.com. Excellent. Thank you both so much for being with us.
Wow, Katrina, that was so powerful. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm actually happy that you, um, you know, you showed that video because I, I get so caught up in the working and just making my mark on history and setting a legacy for myself that it is often um, forgotten where I've come from because I am so focused on where I'm going. So I am so grateful and so thankful that um that on women's on women's history month like international women's month um i'm able to celebrate myself i remember growing up as a child um you know choosing different women during black history month then women's month choosing a different woman to um really 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 like celebrate um but i am so happy that I am now one of those women. I fought so hard to um, become one of those women. And I'm so thankful for platforms as such as yourself and podcasts as such as yourself, because it is a constant reminder um, of where you come from and what you are actually doing and the impact you are making on a community. So that really just touched my heart because um, I hadn't seen it. You know, once it happens and it's in that moment, I don't, you know, I never really Google myself or I never really go back and watch those clips um, just because that's who I am, humbly speaking. Um, but I think that I probably need to make a commitment to myself or or have my friends to send me those clips every now and then as a constant reminder of um, where I come from and how, how just how far I have to go. So thank you so much. Thank you. No, when I saw that, I said, oh, that is awesome. <laughs> And I just love your humble spirit, how you just know that you're doing it not only for yourself, but you're doing it for the community and for our extended uh, community, you know? Yes. So let's just have a little conversation here, Katrina. Okay. What prompted you? I mean, how did you have that desire to make a, um, to get, to, to, uh, to achieve what you've achieved? I mean, were you a little girl always doing hair? I mean. Yes, yes. So let me just give you a little bit of background about me. So I, um, I started out doing hair when I was 13 in my grandmother's basement. And um, her name is Rosemary and Rosemary is so dear and near to my heart. Um, and she'll, you know, I, I will impact so many people through her legacy. But yes, I was doing hair in her basement and um, it was really her. She helped me to notice that there was something unique or something special about me. And um, as I began to hone on that, um, she's like, that's, that's, that's what entrepreneurship is. And I'm 13. You really don't understand, you know, when you don't come from money or you don't come from, um, a two parent household, um, I didn't grow up like that. So when I began to research more about entrepreneurship, I became fascinated with it because, um, when you're young, you either are taught to go to college or do different things either. I think my grandmother, she worked for the city of Detroit for a while. She worked um, at the plant, at the big three and stuff like that. But I was kind of the focus. And I'm like, I saw her struggling, catching buses and doing stuff. And um, it was it was no homage or, you know, nothing towards her. But I didn't want that life for me. I did not want that life for me. So um, when, when I went to high school, we had a vocational program where I was able to uh, enroll in a cosmetology program and I was able to graduate with my license. So 
Uh, I graduated two years earlier um, than everybody. Most of my friends were either 17 or 18. I was 16 years old when I graduated high school. So that's pretty much where it started. I um, I am an overthinker. <laughs> it's a good thing, but it's a catch-22. So I'm an overthinker. So my mind thinks three times as much as someone else thinks, right? So even though I have my license, I um, I am constantly um, thinking of new innovative ways to do things. So it's like, hey, even though I'm doing here and I'm really making money, I want to be able to, like, what if I get into a bad car accident or what if something happens to me? Mm-hmm. I, need to, I probably need to go to school to have something to fall back on. <laughs> so I went, um, because of my grades, I was able to get uh, my first four years of school paid for. The first two years, you have to kind of prove yourself through some grant program um, at a com- community college level. Right. I went to WC3 and got my associates in business. And then I transferred to um, Western Michigan University. And I did a dual enrollment between Western Michigan University during fall and, and winter. And then Wayne State University during the summertime to um, to get my bachelor's degree. Okay. After that, um, I noticed in college, there was some diversity. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, wait a minute. I'm meeting new people, new textures of hair, but I don't know how to do their hair. So again, there's another challenge. So I went to, um, after getting my bachelor's degree, I went to Paul Mitchell to school and I was able to learn different ethnicities, different races, different cultures of hair. And then I got relicensed, recertified again. And from there, I began to travel as a celebrity stylist doing different TV sets, different movies, different celebrities, Grammys, whatever you name it. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, I'm traveling all over the the nation, all over the United States, um, doing these different shows. I was exposed to something that I had never seen. But Dr. Seegers, at that moment, it was like an epiphany. I met different people. I saw new things and I'm like, why don't we have this in the city of Detroit? Wow. Why don't why don't we have the salons like they have in LA, like they have in New York, like they have in Chicago? Yes. We need that here. So as I began to do research, um, it was like millions of dollars to create this hobby. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> a young black girl from the city of Detroit? Like, how is that going to happen? So no, no one had taught me, um, you know, I, I went to college for business, but no one had taught me business, mm-hmm. which means LLC, um, business bank account, all that stuff. So when I reached out to a bank, I had been getting all these payments and all this money to a personal account, but they're like, you know, we need to see a business a legitimate business. We need to see a business bank account. We need to see transactions coming in monthly. You want a million dollar salon. We need a hundred thousand dollars, which is 10% collateral from you. Um, we need to see that happen. And I'm like, oh God. like, how can I make this happen? So at that time, um, I decided to go back to school for my master's degree. So I got my master's. I got an executive MBA. I was able to land a job in corporate America. Um, And at that time, 2014, Mm -hmm. I had a five-year goal to find uh, a really predominant um, 
company within corporate America, get a six-figure salary and save $20,000 a year for five years. So I did that. I was able to secure a job with UPS um, as a district manager. I worked there for five years um, with a six-figure salary, saving $20,000 a year. I did that from 2014 to 2019. In 2019, I had my $100,000 ready and uh, the pandemic hit. <laughs> So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen, what is going on? Yes. So the pandemic hit and that's when the no's began. People are like, no, 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 uh-uh, big no, no. So then I actually um, got my first yes. <laughs> yes. And they were like, wait a minute, what? You have grants? There is a little hiccup in this. We want everyone at closing to come give their equity injection to us. And with grant funding, you can't do that. Okay. The, the federal government is not gonna give a bank its money towards a deal. So then that um, that deal flopped. <laughs> Remember it like yesterday, that deal flopped. And that was, that was in July of 20... That was in July of, of 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, wow. It was in July of 2020. And I and at that moment, no, no was never an option, but I was I was in a state of melancholy. Mm -hmm. I was um my hope had been tarnished. Mm -hmm. It wasn't gone, but it was it was rusted. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Um Luckily, because they had a lot of PPP unemployed, they had a lot of stuff going on. I was able to take a step back and regroup and reassess and refocus and realign. Yeah. Um, and I did that. And once that happened, I hit the ground running. I had went for a vacation. I said, I'm going to take 30 days to really take a step back. I yeah. went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, and I... Um, was looking for a co-op, you know, cause they didn't have my bank down there. I went into a bank and they had this big poster about how they help small businesses and they do this and they do that. Right. And there was a guy out there um, pitching it. And I'm like, hey, you help small businesses? He's like, yeah, I'm the director of uh, the Small Business Association for First Home Bank and I do this and I do that. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Right. Hold on my, my thing, my, my, I pitched myself in like three minutes and he's like, that sounds interesting. Let's let's talk more about that. Fast forward, I ended up um, pitching it. They ended up picking it up. And there was kind of some hiccups um, within the underwriting. They were still a little bit leery and stuff like that. Right. And um, there was a lady on the underwriting team who had, um, who was born and raised in the city of Detroit. Yeah. She was, um, she was actually raised in that area. Her zip code was 42202. She was raised in that area and she knew about that area and the gentrification. Um, and she vouched for me. Mm -hmm. I still don't know her name. I still don't know about her, <laughs> but she vouched for me. Yeah. Um, and on December 28th, 2020, in, in the actual space, mm -hmm. the actual space, we did a virtual closing, had seen anything like it. The bank wasn't even there. 
we, myself, my attorney, my um, my team, and a notary public, we signed and we closed the deal. And we began to uh, build out in the middle of a pandemic, January 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. So I started this mission um, 2018, end of 2018. Yeah. And it seeking out funding 2019. Um, had some hiccups, but 2021, we were able to get everything um, started. So perseverance, persistence, and uh, prayer. I love that but you never gave up I think before we we came on the podcast you said 23 no's yes 23 no's so this year is very near and dear to my heart yes the year 2023 is going to be a phenomenal year I am working on some phenomenal things and um yeah this is this is very near and dear to my heart 23 no's is a lot and I want to I want to I really want to pinpoint and stop there because I meet so many people who are at, who want to give up at the first no, the fifth no. Hmm. 23 no's is a lot. When you internalize that and when you think about what it does to your mental Hmm. capacity and your your self-esteem. There were times I was like, wait a minute, is this, is this thing even like, is this a good idea? But the good thing what it taught me is that, mm-hmm. and um, I am so thankful and grateful because when I got ready to have my grand opening, I was able to invite at least 15 of those people that told me, no, they they, they came and they saw yeah. what I was able to create. But I say all that to say, mm-hmm. you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Wow. So every time I went to pitch my idea yes nobody nobody knew that I was told no before that right Mm -hmm. so I would literally cry in the car or I would you know have a moment but I needed to pick myself back up that's right and persevere and pitch it where you didn't know this was like the first time all over again it was kind of like that movie 50 first dates you know you just you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, but I want people to understand that it is not easy. I cry silently a lot. I um, I went through a lot of turmoil and a lot of self-doubt, but I never gave up. And no one ever really knew that I had been told no. I had people like the guy who actually closed on the deal he was like, I would have never thought that you were told no 22 times before you even got connected with me. He's like, you were so pat. He's like, it wasn't the business plan. Yeah, we look at the numbers, but you were so passionate. Like, we were like, wait a minute. This girl knows her stuff. Like, it was a fire in you. You were so, you sold it. You helped us to believe in this vision. You painted a picture for us that was so convincing that we had no choice. Like you put us in the corner, you, we had no choice. So um, kudos to you. We never would have known that you had been told no 22 times. Mm. But you knew within yeah. this will come to fruition. This will be manifested. So well, I just say kudos to you as well. <laughs> you gotta have that. You can't be fainted hard. 
to be an entrepreneur. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that simply um, because as I am in my doctoral studies, I am um, transitioning from a serial entrepreneur to a social entrepreneur. Um, and becoming a social entrepreneur, I don't make any money off creme brulee. Creme brulee, the money that I put up and that I saved, it was a seed of hope and it was a seed of impact. Creme brulee was created from, for impact. It was not created to generate a revenue for me. It was created so that it can sustain itself and it can have impact in a community. So that business is not for me to live a lavish lifestyle or to, to have money from it. It's so that my legacy um, will live on and the community will be able to see and hear. Lives are transitioned within creme brulee. It is a multicultural salon. There's so many cultures and so many ethnicities represented in that business. It's a blending and a melting pot. Mm-hmm. That area is big um, with blending and gentrification and a lot of uh, biracial relationships. There's so many cultures over there. You have the College for Creative Studies. You have Wayne State. You have Henry Ford Health System, the Pistons Performance Center. That area is a hub for so many ethnicities, races, um, and gender preferences that it was important for me to create a safe space where people can learn from each other. People are learning from each other. They're learning different hair textures. They're learning cultures. They're able to see and and say, hey, well, well, you know, I've never seen that hair texture. Why did it do that? They're able to sit there. A white person is able to see what a black person goes through to get their hair done. Um, a black person is able to see what a white person goes through. Um, if you're black, you go to a black salon. You're white, you go to a white salon, right? No, I am ending. I am ending segregation within the beauty industry. The beauty industry is so segregation, and I'm I'm utterly I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being, being sick and tired. Um, and I, that's when I knew I had to do something about it. So creme brulee uh, was created for social impact to end segregation within the beauty industry. That's powerful. And it's been very successful in doing that social enterprise. You know, that's phenomenal. And it's one of a kind. It is. <laughs> it is one of a kind. <laughs> you have to share about the first um, with the liquor license. Do you mind sharing? It? Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so the liquor license was all my doing, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, creme brulee is going to be able to sustain itself and be for impact I still need to elevate it I need to elevate it I wanted to create um an atmosphere where people can feel like they stay all day all right yes so the liquor license it took me I started working on a liquor license actually when I got the building so what I didn't share was even though the first deal, so I actually started funding and looking for funders in 2018 when I came up with the vision. Right. Um, I got the building and I signed the lease on the building uh, November 1st, 2019. So I had set on that building. <laughs> I sat on that building a year before I even got the funding and then set on it two years before we even built it out. So. Um, I started working on 
I started working on the liquor license immediately. Yeah. Because I knew I wanted to create an upscale atmosphere and I wanted to be able to create um, a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. When I say that liquor license was almost as hard as getting funding, <laughs> because they're like, why does a salon need a liquor license? Like, what are you doing? And I had to help them to see that it is social impact. It is social impact. So being able to create uh, an upscale environment for lawyers, doctors, school teachers, whatever you do, I want you to feel like you are in an environment that caters to you. Um, We not only cater to everyday working class people, believe it or not, I hold a lot of spa parties, a lot of bachelorette parties, a lot of bridal showers, a lot of baby showers, a lot of corporate, I have so many corporations that do holiday parties there. So the liquor license was very important for me, Katrina, to still be able to have some type of revenue generated. So it's a separate business. So that's called Creme Brulee After Dark. And that's the bar where we're able to hold social events and functions from, you can come in and get a drink from open to close, but we do specific events from um, about 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. Depend, I mean, excuse me, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Depending upon um, depending upon the day, we will do like separate corporate events. We did something called um, what did we do? It was just it was a it's called uh, the Gentlemen's Club. Oh, wow. we did it on <laughs> yeah, we did it on the Monday. We did it from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. where it was about 25 to 30 men. They were able to come in and get manicures, pedicures, facials, massages. Um, There was a catered lunch, a full bar, and we catered to nothing but men. And men of all ethnicity, races, and and ages, they came in. I wanted the younger men to be able to mix with the older men Mm -hmm. and um, really just sit down, have a conversation about self-care and mental illness. They carry so much so much on it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted them to be able to talk amongst themselves, among self-care and what better way to have a drink, to wind down, get a massage, mm-hmm. meet with men of the same caliber and to be able to mentor younger men of the same, um, you know, of the same ethnicity, race, gender background and all that. Um, it was a phenomenal, the Gentleman's Club, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. So we do specialty events and stuff like that. So impact, again, impact. Dang, that's powerful. Mm, I'm thinking about my birthday party there. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> yes we do that. So we did We did a lot of stuff for breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, we have brand partnerships with Cavassier, Moet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton. We do a lot of different stuff with um, Creme Brulee. Um Creme Brulee has really been a blessing and um, I don't want people to look at my story and think that it's been all peaches and cream because um, we are still in a pandemic. I would say we are in post-pandemic because it is hard to get quality workers. I often find myself in there working working and, and putting in the work. It is hard. I've, I've been fully staffed at times. I've, I've, I'm half staffed now. 
it is very hard to get quality workers and to get quality people to come in and work for the city because you have other races, other ethnicities that are outside of the city. It's, it's hard to get them to drive from Troy or uh, Royal Oak to come down and work to the city. So I think it's important for me to use platforms such as yourself and other platforms to get the word out there, to let people know that we're a multifaceted, multicultural brand, um, that we're hiring. And it doesn't just it doesn't just stop with Katrina. It, it's gonna take the community, the village, my partners, I need help. I need people to come in that, that have the same like-mindedness and that wants to work and really, really give back to their community. So um, it is not easy. It has not been easy, but the work and the perseverance makes it, um, makes it all worth it. It just makes it all worth it at the end of the day, you could say, yes, I made an impact. I made a yes. difference in someone else's life. Yes. And, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned about um, it's hard to find good workers. Mm -hmm. I was just at um, a real popular restaurant and they said, when we first came in, they said, you know, we got shorthanded, so please be yes. So you see it across all the different spectrums of business. It is. It and is. that could be a little discouraging, but you don't give it up hope. It is very discouraging. It is very discouraging because um, specifically, let's talk about the beauty industry, specifically in the city of Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that I am getting ready to create a podcast on my own because I need to bring... Um, I need to bring light and I need to bring attention to this. Yes. There are so many talented individuals in the city of Detroit, but yes. they are unlicensed. Mm. They are unlicensed and there's no motivation for them to get licensed. There are so many people I meet that have been doing here 15, 20 years unlicensed. They are so good, but people consumers would say, hey, I am going to pay someone that's unlicensed because they do a better job than someone that is licensed. So it makes it hard for me as a business owner to hire someone that is licensed who is mediocre mm. versus someone who is li unlicensed, right? So I am getting ready to bring awareness to that because it puts me against the wall as a business owner because I have a business with a requirement. There's so I'm, there's so much attention, so much light, so much coverage. My salon um, got so much coverage. Even at the grand opening, I had the mayor, the governor, the senator. I had people from Gary Peters' office. Like I had not known my project had grown nationally. Mm -hmm. So it is hard for me as a young black woman who fought so hard for this dream to hire people that are unlicensed. It puts me on the line. I have sacrificed so much to mm. get where I am at. And although people want me to take a chance on them, I cannot do it because it sacrifices my business. Absolutely. It sacrifices my business. And I get a lot of um, pushback from people that are unlicensed to say they will never know they'll never you know they'll never see and I beg to differ when I got my liquor license Dr. Seeger I had the health department knocking at my door two weeks later I believe it and I'm like why is the health department 
How did they even know? They're like, hey, you got a liquor license, right? I'm like, yes, you know that. They're like, um, yeah, so you sell mixed drinks and you use ice for mixed drinks and ice is a food. So you need a food license. So I had to go back to the drawing board and do everything that a restaurant, a bar or grill would do to get, I had to swap out sinks. I had to redo the layout and the design of my salon to be able to hold this liquor license so that I can now get a food license. So it was, um, so for those that are watching that are unlicensed that, you know, would love to work for me, it is so hard. I, I want you, you're talented and I want your work and I want you there, but I just can't risk my business. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. The ratio for licensed individuals for unlicensed individual is about a 90% to 10% ratio. 10% of the pool actually go through what they need to go through. It's a two year program. Imagine someone like me who's been doing hair for 10 years and I'm unlicensed and I'm forced to go back. When you go back to school full time, you give up your income. That's true. Okay. You give up your income. So I, I, I have a household, I have bills. You can't ask me to go back to school full time. Full time is two years, part time is four years. It's a sacrifice. Um, people are not as determined and not as resilient as, as I am. So I understand where they're coming from, but I need to bring, um, I need to bring awareness mm-hmm. to the community to the state of Michigan, to the city of Detroit, what we are facing as small business owners that put our life on the line. People see this glorious salon and they see everything that I put into it, but it doesn't stop there. I need people. I need people that are gonna be able to help me sustain this business because if not, I'm continuing to come out of my pocket to sustain creme brulee. And at what point does that end? Then I'll go broke and I'll go bankrupt trying to su- sustain a business for social impact because I don't have the people. But um, I wanted to really just bring awareness to that because that's an unknown and an un, um, untapped topic. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were mentioning that uh, about a month ago, we heard on the news where a, a young girl was in a salon. Yes. The girl was unlicensed, you know, and so look at the damage that was done because of that. I don't know if the yes. Someone could have lost their life. I mean, she yes. was substantially. So for those out there that are watching that didn't really see it, just a brief overview. A young lady was, um, it wasn't even a salon. It was something like a makeshift boutique Uh, sweet or something of that nature Um, when you go to school they teach you certain protocols and certain things if she had went to school she would have known she couldn't have set the hairspray next to the iron which was it's like a portable oven she set a combustible item next to the oven and it blew up and it hit a young lady in her eye took her eye out Um, and in that case it's sad because when you have people that are unlicensed that means the facility that she was in was unlicensed and there's no insurance right so now even if she sues this young lady for damages she she is damaged for the rest of her life her eye is gone she cannot um sue her she can sue her but she's not going to get anything there's no insurance set in place Right, right. It's a ripple effect. So right. it's stuff like that 
where people would love or people not love they they're pushing me to put myself on the line for temporary pleasure now if you had asked a girl you know would you if she could do it all over again i guarantee you dr seegers it wouldn't have went down that way but that's what made me seeing that story is what makes me want to bring light mm-hmm. and awareness to certain things like that because it has to end it has to stop we yeah. have to come up with a happy medium for people that are talented that we, we have to do something a little farther than apprenticeship i have a couple people that are working under my in my salon under an apprenticeship but an apprenticeship um, in a salon you only can have two people at a time so at two years it's gonna it's a it's a slow turnaround it's a slow turnaround and it makes people who are unlicensed do things like that up under the table where they're not taught and people could, their life is on the line. So thank you for bringing that um, to the to the spectrum because people really need to understand it. That's powerful. Just shifting a little bit from the beauty industry, you're also a published author. You want to share? I'm so excited about that. (laughs) Being an author myself. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So um, I just got my first royalty check from um, Amazon. And um, I think I cried. I think I cried because as a young girl, um, and it's still so touchy for me right now. See, I'm tearing up because as a young girl um, being taught entrepreneurship, when you hear of royalties, you think of the music industry or other different things. You don't think that um, when I set out to be an author, I didn't, um, I knew I had a word and I knew I had some powerful words and I knew people needed to hear them and I wanted to impact people's lives and I wanted to really um really helped them to put in the work mm-hmm. from brulee that journey um i had to put in some work i spent a lot of alone time with myself and i learned a lot of things about myself and that's what the b word is about um it's forcing people to put in that work it's about my journey and the work that i had to put in but it's also forcing people to put in that work but um becoming an author was a little deeper when I saw that royalty check that was that was it was a light bulb that switched on that's when even seeing creme brulee because it was like okay that that could be burned down right let's let's be real that's my legacy we had a, a horrible fire last year, not not Crumb Relay, but the neighboring business did. And we had a scare where I was like, hey, this whole business could be burned down. My legacy, I thought that creating that brick and mortar business, that was my legacy, right? But it was a flash before my eyes that could be taken away from me. So when I saw that royalty check, I'm like, wow, this is something that that can't be burned down. It can't be taken away from me. Long when I'm gone, you know, you see companies like Art Band or the Illages that, you know, once the forefathers build this business, the kids don't want it and they sell it, right? And it's like, they're done with it. Art Band is long closed down. It's gone away. You hear about it, but that part is gone. Creme Brulee could really, you know, do the same thing. But this book, Becoming a Published Author, that's something that is going to live long beyond 
when I am here. So um, it has motivated me to get in and, and write new books and, and do new things. But it was no easy journey. I get up at 4 a.m. every morning um, and I write um, not only for my doctoral program, but for myself and my other books. Um, and just to keep going, it's, it's, it's been... It's been therapeutic. It's been an outlet. It's been an outlet. It's been really, really, really inspirational to have people send excerpts from my book to say how it changed their lives or screenshots on um, where my book is on their bookshelf. And it is just, I, it's, it is really mind boggling to see the impact that I'm making because it is it was something that I was just doing out the goodness of my heart. Do you have a copy of it there so people can see? I do, I do. So people can see it. And what's the name of it again? Yep, so it's called The B Word. It's not what you're called, but it's what you answer to. Ooh, I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Yes. It's deep, it's deep, it's deep, it's deep, it's deep. So I encourage uh, the audience to go to Amazon and get that book. You will... It need to be added to your library because it's a powerful, powerful. Uh, the friend that introduced me to Katrina said she loves the book. I said, I'm, I'm going to get the book too. I'm going to get the book. <laughs> I'm a reader as well. Yes. So this has been awesome. Awesome. Katrina, uh, what would you say to people who, uh, like you said, 23 no's before you got your yes. How can you encourage someone who's just embarking um upon their their dream their passion their vision what could you share some encouraging words to them so two things that i live by you will never and i said all the time you never get a second chance to make a first impression never almost never almost never um so you are your billboard so you need to whatever you want people to see you need it needs to reflect that um i am very intentional about that um and this year i think that something that i um that i've that's been really resonating with my heart is the best um the best gift you can give and it is an example so let me say that again the best gift you can give and it is an example so I am a very thoughtful person. I'm one of those friends that will send you a card in the mail or give you a Starbucks gift card or give you your favorite fragrance, whatever. You know, I, I really listen to people. Um, but as I am in the community with my nonprofit and other different things and doing a lot of volunteerism, I believe the best gift I can give right now is an example. The youth needed. Um, young men, young women. I am in the high schools. I am hand in hand with these young men and these young women. Um, and I am leading by example. I am giving them hope. I just had the Detroit, a partnership with the Detroit, the Detroit Lions and the Metro Detroit Black Business um, Alliance. They came over and brought three different schools. I think it was Cass, Northwestern and um, another school. I can't, can't think. But it was about 300 kids came to the salon. Um, Just being able to impact, being able to impact, understanding that I was once in their shoes, being able to relate to them. I am relatable. I am still young. um, And when I was growing up, I didn't really have young women like me. We, you know, I had 
Oprah, Michelle Obama, you know, I didn't really have young, younger women, you know, like between the ages of 27 and 35, you know, younger women to say, wow, you're a millionaire or wow, you do this, you do that. And I didn't really have women that I could um, assess. So I'm accessible. Being able to have a brick and mortar where young kids could just stop in or, um, anyone could just stop in and give me a hug and hear my my story that gives people hope that gives people hope it gives people hope because you see it on tv you see it on the internet but to have people stop in and say hey i saw you on the news a year and a half ago and i've been making my way down here to see you and you know you just you, you just you're just a light on a dark on in a dark tunnel um and you know, I, I think that that's going to be my legacy in my life. Wherever life takes me, um, I'm going to always give back. So I would say lead by example and have purpose. And when I say that, a lot of people's focus is money. Money has never been my focus. Philanthropy has. My life mission is philanthropy yes. and impact. So when I leave here, people will be able to say words that, that I encourage them with. They'll be able to see things that I have pouring into them, help them to change their life. So I would say, do not give up. The beginning is always the hardest. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's always the hardest. And um, don't give yourself options. It's either do or do not. There's no try. Right. There's oh, no try. No try. Do or do not. <laughs> Simple. Well, you know, when you were saying how the young people come came to your um, salon, uh-huh. visual, because we could read about it, we could hear about it, but when they actually see it, that instills that hope or, you know, if she can do it and she's encouraging, you know, uh, that we can do it, you know, that something lights that fire inside. I could do it as well, you know. Correct, correct. And I, you know what, really, I have really been changing the trajectory and the dynamic of my image um, publicly. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I say that, and I want to publicly address this because when I would go on the news and I would do these podcasts, I would show up in the best of the best, makeup done, hair straight down. Um, even when the kids came, I was like this. I had my hair slicked down. I had my work clothes on because I think that sometimes we create um, a false pretense that when you see it and it looks good, you think that it's easy right you think that it's easy or you think that people have to be glitz and glamour i want to show up with no makeup on i want to show up in my work clothes i want you to understand that you have to put in the work you have to put in the work and i want to look like an everyday person i think that with with social media we see we see them and we see us right so i want people to understand bare-faced logo shirt that I am just like you. I am no different than you. The only, we all have the same 24 hours. The only thing that's different for me and the next young lady is the work, the resilience, the perseverance that I have put in. I am a normal person. I have blemishes. My hair is not done. I am the same as you. 
I am the same as you. I am no different because I put on makeup or because I straightened my hair or because I put on a fancy suit. I have removed all of that stigma so that I can sit in the seat right next to you and let you know that I will hold your hand and you can sit at the table with me and we look alike and we sound alike and we can do it together. And that's truly being authentic. Just be yourself. Be true to yourself and to others, right? Yes. Now, you know, Katrina, I'm going to have to mention about that sign behind you, that one million. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, share. yes, let's get into this sign. I have that sign there because um, people think that a million dollars is really unattainable. They think that it's, you know, when they... I think that when they see Jeff Bezos or um, Steve Jobs or other these billionaires, um, the millionaires get thrown under the rug, <laughs> right? So I think that um, the difference between them and us is that we really have to break it down. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Let's 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 break down the pie. I think that if you look at it that way. It's more attainable. It's, right. it's more attainable. When you look at a million dollars a year, it seems um, it seems really unattainable. I was just telling one of my friends, I was like, hey, you know, I actually had sent them a link to this house that I was like, hey, this is my next house. They're like, you want a $5 million house? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I want a $5 million house. It's like, that's a whole lot of money. I'm like, well, nope. I was just riding on the freeway and I saw the Mega Millions jackpot and that was $500 million. That's only 10% of that. <laughs> wow. I never broke it down. Like, let's be real. Yeah. You, can, you can, your life can be changed overnight. Wow. Your thinking needs to reflect that. Let's not say when or when I get, you know, 50 million, then I'm going to get the $5 million house. No. I want a $5 million house. So guess what that means? I need to break it down. I need to break it down. I need to break it down. And I think that um, people get so caught up in selling um, selling a product. Mm -hmm. One thing about me is that whether you buy my book or I give it to you for free, it's going to come back to me. Yes, It's going to come back to me. So I think that you have to manifest, mani I am big on manifestation. So when I see that million dollars a year and I break it down to the month, the week, to the day, and even on my post-it notes here on my desk, I have it broke down to the hour. In wow. The <laughs> because your time is your money. That's true. Your time, yeah. let's think about this hour that I have done this podcast. I'm not getting paid for this, but you know how many lives people and how much impact is going to come from this yes. impact equates to money too. It's true. Because someone could be rolling across your page and see this podcast and share it with a billionaire and they look me up and they see creme brulee and they want to say, Hey, I want to franchise that around the world. Yes. And they reach out to me and we make that happen. Mm. So that impact and that money and that seed, it comes from something that was free 99. So if we begin to equivalent our time, it's either you're going to pay for my time or it's going to be impactful. My time is not free. 
either I'm going to be paid for or I'm going to have it uh, compensated with impact. Mm -hmm. So I want people to know you, you may not want to be a millionaire and that's okay. Whatever you want to be, whether it's an entrepreneur, an engineer, break it down this, the same way. So replace that million dollar right there. I want to be a, I want to be an entrepreneur this year. What can I do this month to make that happen? What can I do this week to make that happen? What can I do this day to make that happen? It's not just money. It's your mindset. Whatever it is you want to do or whatever it is you want to be, break it down by the year, the month, the week, and the day. And every day when you wake up, you work at that. That's powerful. That is that's powerful right there. <laughs> and it's so true. It really is. I tell you, it reminds me of that reciprocity principle. You give, oh. they'll be giving back unto you. you know? yes. and, I, and I believe, I really believe in that. I believe in that because people say, well, you know, you, you gave the $100,000 each set, um, you know, your, your uh, seed of equity towards the project. What do you get from that? I get to hug a man who's 98 who walked through my door who says that who with a tear in his eye who says that he had never seen and never thought it was possible i get to see my grandmother who can come to my business and say you know what i remember when you was 13 in the basement i remember you told me that you were going to have an all-white salon with chandeliers I am able I am able to live and see that manifested. I get to see 300 high schoolers come in and say, you know what? If you can do it, if you started when we were at the same age, you started when you were where we were at, we can do it. So no amount of money can pay mm. that impact. It's priceless. No amount of money. It is priceless. Oh my it god. Is, right. It is priceless. So I will give. I will do it all over again. I will shed every tear, every sleepless night, every hungry day to be able to stand with my people and say that collectively, this is for us. Wow. Katrina, you got to share the information, how people can reach out to you, how they can come to that cream brulee salon, one, of, one in a million. So just- Yes, 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 yes. So- um, <laughs> We're in the technological social media age, so you can um, follow us online, all platforms, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, Creme Brulee Detroit, and that's the website. It's C-R-E-M-E-B-R-U-L-E-E-D-E-T-R-O-I-T, um, and you can go to the website creme you can call the salon you can stop in at any time and take a tour we are open facility if you're thinking about working at creme brulee or you know what you just want to see what my journey was about you want to stop in and see the finished product stop in we do tours all the time people stop in off the street they don't even get services they just want to see hey what does a multi-million dollar salon look like? What is that? What is that about? What does that entail? Stop in. If I'm there, ask for me. I will greet you. I will tell you more about my journey and my story. Um, I just started on YouTube. So if you are if you are um, intrigued about more of me and my journey and all the stuff that I have to share, you can follow me online and on YouTube. 
and give the address of that. Uh, so, song. yeah. So, my, I'm sorry. I'm so, you're, this is new to me because I'm so private. Uh, <laughs> my YouTube is paid and private. It's P-A-I-D-A-N-D-P-R-I-V-A-T-E. So, that's all platforms. My website, paid and private. Social media, um, Instagram. Um, LinkedIn is, is my name, Katrina Brielle. Uh, Facebook is my name, Katrina Brielle. But um, yeah, more I, I get so many people that have been reaching out to me because I am on platforms such as yours, Dr. Sears, that they want to know more about me. They want to know, hey, why did you name it Creme Brulee? Um, they just want to know everything. They want to know everything. And I don't have time to meet with everybody individually. So I am taking my talents to YouTube um, so that I can impact uh, people uh, globally. Right. There you go. There you go. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I mean, you are, I can listen to you all day because you're so <laughs> passionate and you're so determined and you're so just a, full of joy. And I and, and I you. honor you this month, and I know everything's. I'm coming to the salon. <laughs> I am. You know what, Doctor Seegers? I am just so honored um, that we are able to kick off March first, twenty three. Able to kick off Women's Month. Um, I was on the freeway, and I saw the billboard where they have the little known plaques for Black History, and it was like. Uh, this lady, I forgot her name. She was the first black astronaut. And I came home and I, I have this book of things that I want to be in life. I write it down. It's a blank journal. And I, I write down everything I want to be. And every year I read it and cross off all of those things. So I begin to write down, I want to be the first black woman to do something. Right? And then God immediately convicted my spirit the next day. And it says, you are the first black woman to create a multicultural million dollar salon in the state of Michigan. Come on now. So I want to kick off <laughs> history month to little black girls, little, little girls. I don't care what, what ethnicity you are, women women i don't care if you're young you're old if you you woke up this morning and it's been a dream that's been on your heart for 20 years start today we are celebrating you be the first at whatever it is you want to do don't give up it is not going to be easy you're going to have to sacrifice a lot but what you are not going to have to sacrifice is that title. Nobody can take that title of being the first at whatever it is you're going to do. So my heart, my prayers, uh, my well wishes to all of the women that are out there as we celebrate you, regardless of your ethnicity, your age, and um, your race. We are celebrating women collectively this month because we are a force to be reckoned with. Yes. We are forced to be reckoned with um, and we need to stick together and support and uplift one another. So this month, I am challenging women who are watching to be the come the first at whatever it is you want to do. Thank you so much, Katrina. I appreciate you and I'm telling you, it's been an honor. You know, it's been thank a you. Thank you so much. So the next time I am looking forward to um, coming back on the podcast. Yes. And when, next time when I come back, I'm going to be Dr. Katrina Wilson. All so, right. I love it. Yes. <laughs> we have a plan in that. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, what a pleasure 
to what virtually a- meet you and be on a podcast. I look forward to um, meeting you in person and um, just sharing some videos with your uh, with your following of our interaction and us meeting and in the book and all that. So stay tuned, world. There's more to come from from us. Absolutely. Be blessed. You know what? Have an impactful day. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Bye. Bye bye.